I'm sorry, I can't hear you over the wonderful sounds of nature. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, The Wrestling Life. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It's episode 225. It is January 30th, 2020. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to talk about this week. And as always, so many, many, many things that we can't talk about. One thing we can talk about is tomorrow the 31st is your birthday, so happy birthday, pal. Oh, thank you. And there was a Royal Rumble this past weekend. And there was a Wednesday Night War this week, and we have some idea of some WrestleMania matches that are coming up, so lots to talk about. Let's not waste any time. The NXT Worlds Collide show as well that happened this past weekend. It feels like it was 18 years ago. <laughs> thought it was an okay show. Okay, I mean, nothing was bad on it, but also if you missed the show, you didn't miss anything. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's fair, um, and that's partially because it's the brand versus brand thing. Um, mm-hmm. And as much as there was some very good wrestling on the show, uh, it's a good problem to have, but there's a lot of good wrestling everywhere these days. So just being like, hey, tune on the sh- turn on- turn into the show, there was some good wrestling. It's not necessarily a strong enough endorsement to make a show must-see in, uh, in 2020. So... Yes, it was fine. Had a enjoyable enough time watching it, but if we're being honest, in about uh, another week or so, I might not remember anything that was on the show. <laughs> I already pretty much don't remember anything that was on the show. <laughs> I remember Alexander Wolf got kicked right in the face and uh, yeah. a concussion. Um, yeah, and I remember Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm having having a not particularly good match, which is pretty difficult given the talent that the two of them have. Yeah, I was surprised the crowd wasn't more into that. Um, They were following the Mustache Mountain DIY match. Maybe that was part of it. Can can I bring up another point? Sure. Tony Storm is like one of the best sellers in the entire business, and they built that match about around Rhea Ripley selling for Tony Storm. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) I mean, it's not what I would do, but also... They wanted Rhea to be the bigger baby face. So <laughs> my takeaway from that is that Rhea Ripley is a priority to them and Tony Storm is not. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, that makes sense based on how things go and how things historically have gone. <laughs> yeah, so we'll talk a little bit more about Rhea Ripley a little bit later. And then Sunday was the Royal Rumble, which... Has now, it's been like three or four WWE pay-per-views in a row that have followed the same template, which is they start out with like one or two hot matches, and then the show just like flies off a steep, steep, steep cliff and is boring and bad for like hours, and then they, (laughs) they try to get you back for the main event, and at that point it's really tough. Would you agree with my assessment? Yeah, I think that's that's uh, you know WWE in a nutshell to an extent. But yeah, I think this show, this show in particular, I, I think follows that that train pretty well. So the big news, obviously, the 
men's Royal Rumble winner Drew McIntyre, the women's Royal Rumble winner Charlotte Flair. Yeah, that's uh, we really went outside the box on that. Congrats for successfully <laughs> picking uh, the the men's Royal Rumble winner on our show last week. One of one of well, I was one for two. I don't even remember who you picked for either. I think I picked <laughs> Stephanie McMahon for the uh, <laughs> women's match. I don't. I. I. Who could remember who? Who I said was going to win the uh, Raw one? I think Roman. I said. Yeah, I mean, good call. It was the other large, beefy man with the beard. <laughs> yeah. Um. Look. Much as I am not a gigantic fan of uh, Mr. Excitement. Uh, <laughs> A.K.A. the Matt Morgan of WWE, uh, <laughs> Drew McIntyre. Um, they did as much as they could to make a star in one night sort of thing, as I've seen in a long time. Um, Royal, the Men's Royal Rumble. It's you know, every few years they do this where instead of just having a bunch of people come out, they actually try to like tell a story with the Rumble match. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did this year with Brock just running through everybody mm-hmm. and, you know, finally getting his comeuppance and, hey, Ricochet got to get a little bit of revenge. And and then Drew, Drew but Drew is the one, obviously, who, who knocked him out of the ring. And then they didn't do the very WWE thing I might have expected them to do, which was to have Brock run back in at the end and beat up Drew and eliminate <laughs> him. Um, they let Drew... Eliminate Brock and then go on to uh, win the whole thing. And they tried to make him as big a deal as possible. So despite that I'm not maybe sold on who they picked to be the new guy that they're going with, I can at least appreciate that they didn't do... There were no half measures necessarily with, with Drew on this show. They let him get the big Brock elimination and he got to win the match. Yeah, I think I think that's spot on. Like it wouldn't have surprised me to have, you know, Brock climb back in there and then throw Drew out and then you have Roman win the Rumble, so you have your Raw title match set and your SmackDown title match set. But they went another direction and they are leaving no doubt that it is Drew McIntyre's time. Do you want to expound on the Matt Morgan comparison because <laughs> I think it I think it's pretty spot on. So Matt Morgan, for those of you who maybe weren't watching TNA in the uh, mid to late 2000s, um, he was a, a a prospect in WWE that never really caught on. He left, he went to TNA, and from like pretty much the day he got there, he was like heralded as this can't-miss prospect, the main event waiting to happen. He's got all the tools to be a big star, and... We heard that about Matt Morgan for the next <laughs> like eight years. He was like he was in the company from like 2006 to like 2013, and I don't even think. I mean, again, this is TNA where like it was pretty easy if you were a former WWE guy to get a push in that company, um, especially in that era. And for whatever reason, and I know he had some injuries and some other things happened, but like they just never went all the way with him, and so. He was just like perennially being built up as the next big thing. And then they just never pulled the trigger on him. 
and watching Drew McIntyre you know, on on this run and really I mean if you go back all the way to when he debuted in WWE in 2009 when he was introduced as a future world champion and you know it tried to make him sort of an instant top guy but then again they sort of faltered and wavered and didn't pull the trigger on him and then they lost interest and <laughs> then he left the company they came back and once again, we're being told, oh, my gosh, this guy's got all the tools. He's a he's the next big star waiting to happen. And now he's been back for like three years. And we're just now getting to the point where we're kind of doing something with him. So this could be the time where he breaks out of that Matt Morgan uh, uh, path. And actually, they actually put the belt on him and, and go with him as the new top guy. But until they do he very much feels to me on that same path of just perennially we're told uh, by the announcers, by everyone, what a big deal this guy is and how he's just, he's just that one step away from being, you know, the biggest thing in the business. And then we just, we've never gotten there with him. I like that. Uh, the other, the other big news out of the men's rumble match. Hey, edge came back. He sure did. How about that? Nine pack abs at uh, forty six years of old years old. <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, I, I don't, did he? You think he did like the stem cell stuff that Ray and Nash and all them done? I don't know. I mean, good for him if it did. It seems to work for everybody else. <laughs> yeah, uh, regardless, or or maybe he he did with the the best thing. Uh, to do when you want to be cleared by WWE, which is uh, he talked to, to another wrestling company. Yeah, but I mean, if they really thought the guy was going to die or break his neck, they no, wouldn't. I, know. I like, agree. I agree with that. That's more. That's more meant to be a joke. But sure, I gotcha. I'm sure it didn't hurt either. No, absolutely. That probably kicked this whole thing off. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was it was certainly a big exciting moment. Uh, despite and look, I don't I don't uh, I really think that like WWE's camera work is like 89th on the list of things that WWE that I would like to see WWE do differently. Hmm. Um, but when Edge comes back uh, to wrestle for the first time in in nine years and. They keep cutting to crowd shots and they keep missing him hitting his big move, <laughs> including his first spear to Ziggler. And and they just keep there was a there was I did not think the, the production on the Royal Rumble show was like bad, even by like WWE standards. It wasn't just, oh, quick cuts and zooms and all the stuff that like, you know, your Brian Alvarez is complaining about on a weekly basis. Like this was just a badly produced show. I think that's a fair criticism. Um, the Roman Reigns uh, Baron Corbin opener was just like if you if you have epilepsy, it's probably best if you don't watch WWE to begin with. Yeah. But like you just you can't see anything that's going on because they brawl through the crowd for twenty five minutes and it's just guys like shaking a camera around for twenty five minutes. Like I I can't can you just pick a shot and stick with it? I can't see I can't see. Yeah, it's it's bad. I, I do love, and they they did this a few years ago when the when they missed AJ Styles debuting, 
uh, in the Royal Rumble that year, uh, where the WWE YouTube channel releases like normal. <laughs> like, imagine if WWE was just filmed normally. Right. Where it's just like they just keep a close up <laughs> on Edge as he does his entrance, and then it, the camera follows him down the ramp, <laughs> watches him get in the ring, and then shows him hitting his move. Like it's like, huh? So that's what WWE would be like if if uh, we didn't have somebody with an itchy trigger finger and uh, terrible instincts <laughs> at the at the helm in the uh, director's chair. If you remember that AJ Styles debut Royal Rumble, though, the like there was a blizzard that weekend, <laughs> and right? The production crew couldn't make it to the show. Anyway, here we are talking about Royal Rumble twenty fifteen or sixteen or whatever that was. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, in the, in in service of making a point to this year's this year's <laughs> Rumble, it's not the most off topic we ever get on the no. show. No, all right. We'll talk more about Edge in a second when we talk about Raw. Uh, but Women's Royal Rumble winner Charlotte Flair, final two Charlotte Flair and Shayna Baszler, and then I guess the scuttlebutt is that the Raw Women's Title match at Mania is going to be Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler, and Charlotte's going to wrestle Rhea Ripley for the NXT title, which is really weird. <laughs> but yeah, I'm curious to see how they get to it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's really interesting. I mean, it's it's a way, I guess, to pump up NXT and try to make it important and a way, I guess, to get a, a big main roster star on NXT every week, which probably won't hurt that show's viewership either. Um, but yeah, I guess it's, it's certainly kind of out of left field. I think when uh, it all kind of unfolded over a day or so and the whispers of Rhea Ripley being Charlotte's opponent first popped up, I think everyone assumed, well, Rhea, we talked about it off the air, um, well, Rhea will lose the NXT title at this Portland takeover, and then she'll come up and... Uh, are they doing Elimination Chamber this year? I think so. So, I, And then, yeah, Rhea will be a surprise entrant in the Elimination Chamber or something, and she'll beat Bailey for that title, and then that's how we'll get to that. But no, it looks like that's an entire separately thing, which does bring up an interesting thing of... You think they have an idea of what they're doing with that SmackDown women's belt? I don't I don't know. I mean, I thought that Sasha Banks is going to get a high-profile singles match at WrestleMania just because I feel like they probably made her some promises when she came yeah. back last summer. Uh, but I'm usually wrong whenever I think they're they're going to do something with Sasha Banks. I was like, well, <laughs> the last time I saw Sasha Banks on TV, she got pinned by Dana Brooke. So... <laughs> Yeah. All right. So you get Super Showdown is on February 27th. And then we have the Elimination Chamber on March the 8th. Ah, thank you. Well, (laughs) I'm really curious to see who does and doesn't go on this this latest Saudi show. Mm -hmm. People that tweeted, you know, never again. (laughs) And people whose wives publicly tweeted about how uh, ridiculous the situation was. Uh, well, I guess we'll, we'll find out just how much money talks in the, in the next few weeks, even more than perhaps we already uh, knew it did. Yep. A million percent. All right. Monday night raw this week. Um, it was pretty watchable. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's like I a thought... home run in <laughs> Oh, yeah, exactly. 
I mean, by by 2020 standards, it was like a home run episode of Raw, but uh, there was still a lot of stuff on the show that didn't make a whole lot of sense. And, you know, I don't know why. I guess MVP was just there to do a job because he he has a name. And um, I don't I don't expect MVP MVP back all the time. Did you get a read on that one or the other? I mean, it was straight. I mean, I maybe I appreciated they wanted he was in town because he was only in the Rumble for about four seconds. Yeah, they just wanted to give him a little extra, you know, a little extra shine. And I mean, I don't think it's a terrible idea to bring guys like that back on like limited basis. Um, if it if it makes sense, and if uh, like you know, kind of like how NXT was using like. Brian Kendrick and Rhino and guys like that for a little while. Yeah. Or, you know, all those guys ended up getting full-time contracts when, <laughs> when you know, when they did the brand split. But, um, but yeah, I don't think it's a terrible idea to bring guys in on sort of limit for limited runs. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if they're, you know, if it makes sense and you think you have a storyline to utilize them, I think that's fine. But yeah, I didn't get the impression. And certainly when he lost, I didn't get the impression that this was, a relaunch of the MVP character in WWE or anything. Yeah, me too. Uh, the Lana and Liv Morgan thing, uh, I, I don't know. It sure She's felt over like, now, right? I, I hope so. I mean, it sure felt like they were experimenting a lot in that third hour of Raw. <laughs> it's like, they they clearly, that was like beyond Edge's, Edge's uh, promo segment to close the show. Like the they heavily pushed that match for the third hour. So it was like, all right, we're going to see if, I mean, I think they thought edge was going to anchor the rating for the entire show. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it ultimately didn't turn out that way. Uh, I mean, they didn't overrun again on raw. And I mean, they, they really thought this was going to do a big number and it didn't. Uh, but there were squash matches in that hour, and Eric Rowan, and Lana and Liv Morgan, and it was just, it was some rough TV there in the third hour. But they started the show with the Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar angle. I mean, after McIntyre squashed a tag team by himself, which, like, I don't care. It's WrestleMania season. You gotta, you know, Drew McIntyre is more important to WrestleMania than Gallows and Anderson. Who cares? But. I would not have had Brock Lesnar lay out Drew McIntyre. <laughs> like, this is the first angle. It's like, do we, yeah. do we need to kill the challenger right off the bat? Well, especially because, like, the whole time Drew has been a character on this current run, the whole idea that is, like, he's the Terminator, like, he's this tough guy who can just destroy everybody. Right. And so if they if they go down the road of having him get laid out by Brock repeatedly and we have to try to sympathize with him or we we build him up as some sort of underdog, I don't think that's the way to go. I don't think that plays to his strengths. So, yeah, I, I would have either not had any physicality or I might have even had Drew lay Brock out again just to really cement that, no, this guy is, you know, the toughest, baddest dude that Brock's ever fought. No complaints for me. There's like nine more weeks of television for them to. It's a lot of WWE story time. <laughs> yes. Sometimes it's not great when they know what they're doing this far out. 
yeah, a little bit weird. The old man decides to tinker with it. (laughs) He can't help himself. He can't stop tinkering. Remember the year that he was like, I'm going to, I have the most brilliant idea of all time. (laughs) John Cena and the undertaker are going to wrestle at WrestleMania, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going (laughs) to announce it. In fact, I'm going to tell people that it's not happening. Yeah. We're going to shoot the angle halfway through the show. Super galaxy brain stuff there. It's the weirdest thing. Super. An Undertaker one in three minutes. Right, because he he physically couldn't do anything. Right. Classic. That was the year after he lost to Roman? I think so, yeah. What are we doing, man? (laughs) We have to get pop up back strong again. Uh, yeah, so Undertaker should be back soon for that Saudi show that's coming up. Uh, <laughs> Rumblings of Sting, too. I don't know. Sting and Taker at Saudi Arabia? Sounds hilarious. <laughs> uh, I mean, I hope everybody's okay. And I mean, I don't know. I feel like we've been talking or joking about, oh, who's the next like old cripple they're going to bring back? And they're low. On, they're low on names, so I guess Stinger's Stinger's next one up. So the only guys really left would be Hogan, Rock, and Austin. And Rock and Austin are like in a different financial stratosphere, and probably wouldn't wouldn't need need or want to do it for the money. So that leaves you with Hogan, and it's like, is there any way they let they clear Hogan to just like stand on the apron in a tag or something? I mean, that's the one that I could, I could see, because uh, it just seems so easy. I mean, he's he's on, he, you know, he's been campaigning anyway because he doesn't want his last match to be a six man <laughs> tag with James Storm in in London and TNA. But um, yeah, I mean, what's who cares? Exactly. If, if he wants to go out there and th- throw his punches and 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 whatever and and hulk up out of a sleeper or whatever, great. Let him do it. Who cares? Yeah. If this business is still around in like fifty years, people are gonna look back on these Saudi shows. They're just the results from these Saudi shows mm-hmm. without understanding exactly what was going on at the time and be like man why did Shawn michaels come back for one show (laughs) (laughs) like 10 years after you retired and why 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 did bill goldberg and the undertaker only wrestle in saudi arabia (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be super weird yep all right, other big angle for Monday Night Raw, which I thought was awesome, was Edge and Randy Orton to close the show. I guess that's a WrestleMania match. I thought Edge and AJ Styles was the Mania match based on Edge dumping AJ out of the Royal Rumble match, but I guess that was because AJ was hurt and he just asked someone to throw him out. <laughs> uh, so Edge and Randy Orton, hell of an angle to close Monday Night Raw. We haven't talked about this yet. What did you think of the angle? Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought... It was the best angle in WWE television in a really long time. Um, for if for no other reason than it made me interested in a Randy Orton match. <laughs> um, and on, for the record, on the show, we've talked about this a hundred times. I don't dislike Randy Orton as a performer. 
but I have not seen a good Randy Orton match uh, in, I think we're going on like four years now. Mm-hmm. So um, if you got to really get me invested in a story if you're going to make me care about the guy. Because I know in the back of my mind the match is not going to really necessarily be the satisfying payoff. So, uh, and they did it. He uh, he was really really good, and Edge was really really good. And Edge has a very very uh, rare ability to connect with people and make you care about what he's saying and believe what he's saying and. Um, the sincerity in his happiness to be back and getting to end things on his terms felt very real. And Orton coming out to be the the, the slimy jerk who ruins that and tries to kill him, basically. Uh, it was very effective. And, you know, Ed, Edge coming back in, in six weeks or whatever as the vengeful baby face uh, I think that's going to be really exciting and it's it's going to lead to a pretty good payoff I think so yeah thumbs way up for this yeah good times uh, I guess we'll we'll have to see how much Edge is around I read some speculation that he's like you know five or six matches a year or something like that which is probably about right for a 46 year old guy who's had multiple neck surgeries um, yeah. so so good for him I hope he doesn't do Saudi shows. Uh, we'll we'll certainly find out, won't we? Just on a personal <laughs> level, I would. You know, I don't. I try not to. Uh, you know, put anybody up on a pedestal, and but uh, you know, I would just. I would. I would prefer not to see Ed wrestle in Saudi Arabia. I guess we'll find out about a lot about his personal politics. Uh, <laughs> In relatively short order here. Seems that way. All right. Wednesday Night War stuff this week. I watched AEW because I have to. <laughs> I mean, I probably would anyway, and then would watch NXT on DVR, which I am going to in about, oh, two hours and 15 minutes from now when we're done recording and I'm done <laughs> editing this thing. <laughs> uh, so uh, I thought AEW was. Uh, <sighs> A mild thumbs up show. I didn't think the wrestling was blow away. I thought the angles were mostly good. There's some stuff that annoys me still about the way that the shows are timed out. And too much stuff happens during commercial breaks. Nowhere near as bad as it was, say, a month ago. But Mm -hmm. uh, overall, a thumbs up show and kind of, you know, they're four weeks away from a pay-per-view so it was a show that's four weeks away from what they're building towards so like not a ton happened but i thought it was a mild thumbs up show did you watch dynamite what'd you think yeah i uh, i mostly watched dynamite i checked it on nxt a bit um only things from nxt that really stuck out to me was that they <laughs> we didn't talk about this for the Ro- women's royal rumble but dakota kai like three months ago, uh, killed Tegan Knox. Yep. Um, it was a great angle. Yeah. And, uh, they've been building up their, their blood feud. They had an angle at, uh, a big brawl at the world's collide show. Yeah. They were both in the Royal rumble, but not at the same time. <laughs> what? 
Is this that the, hard? The the amount of stuff that gets that um, happens due to lack of oversight or lack of quality control in WWE is really staggering when you consider the the number of people that they employ <laughs> specifically okay. to like put matches together. But the, like, and I I would appreciate okay the agents didn't watch don't watch NXT or whatever they didn't know that they were in. <laughs> In a feud or whatever, but like there specifically was a spot near the end of the ru- of the women's rumble where they reenacted Shotzi Blackheart almost throwing out uh, Shayna Baszler, which was playing off something that happened in a battle royal on NXT like three weeks ago. Yeah. So like they specifically put a spot in that match that referenced something, a random thing that almost nobody watching the rumble probably even remembered. Um. But they didn't put the two women that have been in a blood feud for like eight weeks in the ring at the same time. Well, so, that leaves you with two options. Was it a screw up? Like, did they screw up and did somebody get accidentally dumped at the wrong time? Or is it lack of oversight and really poor quality control? Probably the second one. <laughs> um, but then, yeah. And then on NXT tonight, uh, Tegan just beat her. So. Um, I guess that feud's over now. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, I mean, the show's happened. I don't think it's a spoiler once it's happened. It's a spoiler for me. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't had the opportunity to see it yet. Well, that's not my fault. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway. Uh, yeah, AEW, I thought, was a was a fine show. And there was nothing spectacular about it. Uh, the Judas sing-along is catching on, which makes me very excited. And, yeah, that's that's about it. Um, that's right. You're, I, big, you're a big Judas guy, big fan of the great family man, Christopher Irvine. That's great. That's right. Good family man. And, uh, no, I, yeah, I didn't think anything was uh, blow away great, um, but I thought it was a fine show. They built for next week and for the pay-per-view. So it it checked all the boxes of, as you mentioned, kind of what a a show four weeks out from a pay-per-view should be. So not much to complain about, but also nothing particularly exciting either. All right. Uh, I think that's maybe a good tagline. Uh, (laughs) We should somehow incorporate that tagline into this show. (laughs) (laughs) Not much to complain about, but certainly not that great either. <laughs> All right, is there anything else you want to get into? <laughs> no, I guess that's uh, it. Was a, it was a very there's just a, I've watched a lot of wrestling this week, and sure. some of it was very good. But when yeah. you watched that much of it, uh-huh. at a certain point, it all begins to uh, to to bleed 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 together and. It's hard to uh, hard to get super excited about it, and as we mentioned, there's still a lot of time between the now and, and WrestleMania, so it's hard to uh, feel super excited. Like I said, I feel I feel good about the Edge Orton stuff, and I am interested in a Becky Lynch Shayna Baszler match. So they have two matches that I am interested in seeing at WrestleMania this year, which is might be two more than I was interested in seeing at last year's <laughs> WrestleMania. So, 
that's that's something. That's not yeah. nothing. I that's that's a thumb up. That's a, that's at least one thumb up for me. Sure. There was uh, a minute or two this week where it looked like I was going to have to fill in for the guy that does uh, the NWA power recaps on the Wrestling Observer Oof. website. Uh, I had to watch NWA power last week also. Um, thankfully, he came through this week. Our uh, our pal Josiah that uh, has listens occasionally. True. Um, he, uh, I, I am so glad I didn't have to watch NWA Power this week. <laughs> I'm like, it's fine. There's parts of it that are even like good. Yeah, but but as you said, there's just so much stuff, and there's two New Japan pay per views this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> which immediately then kicks off another week of New Japan house shows. And then next weekend, another New Japan pay-per-view. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, by the way, no show next week. Uh, I'll be in... <laughs> I won't physically be in Japan, but mentally and my my body clock will be in Japan. <laughs> Your sleep schedule will be in Japan. <laughs> yeah, so no show next week. But, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. Hey, Kent is going to go for the, the, uh, the IWGP championship next week. So, is... Is is Naito just gonna? Are the belts unified? I think the idea. I I don't think they know. Like I, I know Naito did an interview where he said he doesn't want them to be unified and would like to defend them one at a time. But th- in this case, it is a double title match. So I, I don't okay. know if he's gonna get his way or not. I guess it. I mean, it doesn't matter. I guess that much. But again, it's always like well. The guy just carrying around two belts forever doesn't make sense if he's only defending or if he's defending both at the same time doesn't really make a lot of sense to me but yeah I guess I guess that's that's one to file under the wheel C category there's so many things we can't talk about <laughs> alright is there anything else nothing that I could think of that would be important now <laughs> All right, well, happy birthday, pal. And, Thank you. Uh, uh, until next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. And we'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Adios. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. I'm avoiding legal snags by telling you that you're being recorded. What, uh, what number is this? 225? Uh, that's what I th- was thinking before you asked. So, <laughs> <laughs> if we both think it's two twenty-five, then I think it's two twenty-five. Yes, yeah, two twenty-five. All right. So, what do we talk? Well, you sent me a cheat sheet. Uh, Rumble, Mania, and whatever tonight. Ten-minute show. <laughs> Sounds great. I try to keep on keeping on.